Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to part two. Ben and I are stomping away on a glorious day in, in Richmond Park. Isn't it beautiful? It is lovely. And there's another deer just popped his head up out of the grass over there. <laughs> what I like about Richmond Park is that you have a lot of different environments in one place. Yeah. Like if you all buy East Sheen Gate, and I, and I often talk, so we do a behind the stomp after we record the episode, I often talk about like little tips and advice for anyone coming to areas. So if you want to learn about the places that we stomp, a lot of that is in behind the stomp, which you can access through Apple Podcasts. If you subscribe to that, you can have a listen. But I will give you a certain tip that, um, you know, if you park East Sheen Gate, you don't have to pay for the parking, which is wonderful, um, but you can make donations if you wish. Um, but it's brilliant because you've got the forest area to your right. You can go right into the forest yeah. or you can come out in the open green area or you can go towards the lakes. Like there's a lot of different environments in this one park, isn't there? Oh, this is why I love it. You know, you can, you can properly experience so many different things and, and, and properly, like, I mean, we, we spoke about in, in part one, really just experience this rather than just yeah. witness it. Come um, along for the day, enjoy yeah. it. You, know, you can bring your dog, just make sure it's on a lead. Don't do a Fenton. Yes, the Fenton video <laughs> was filmed here. Um, you really can get a fine and in a lot of trouble. And it's important because of course there's wildlife um, to make sure that we don't disturb that. But come along you know, and enjoy it with the whole family. Bring your sun cream, bring a picnic oh, yeah. and enjoy. Stunning. Let's pick up from where we were talking before um, a little bit about, you know, moving forward from something really challenging. I mean, you know, you, you and your family, I've met your mum. She's a wonderful lady. I can tell even through, you know, your eyes and, and speaking to you, the kind of childhood that you've had yeah. and the love that you've, you know, been trying. I don't, you know, obviously don't put the words into your mouth and you know, <laughs> we all experience difficult things. Uh, but, you know, broadly, I can really see, you know, that there's so much love within you. And I think that often is reflected by, you know, that's, that's a... That's a reflection of, you know, our experiences, our childhood and our upbringing. Shall I let that pass? There's very rarely any ones yeah. that come over. That is the one thing, isn't it? It's the planes and the... Planes haven't been too bad today, have they? Trying to get a... We just plough through with it mostly, don't we? Yeah. You all right? Got your sun cream on as well? You all right? Um, my fingers are starting to swell because they're so hot. Are they? <laughs> yeah. You know why, though? Is you're keeping your hands up. Yeah, you're... no, I need to keep them. Ah, keep, keep them, them up. Yeah, well, no, keep, keep them, them down. down. Oh, <laughs> then keep them up. Keep them up. <laughs> Walk around like this. Whatever you're doing, do the opposite. Do the opposite. Oh dear. Let's pick up. That's very weird. So yeah. So I mean, I think everyone listening will feel they'll probably want to reach through their phones and give you a hug first of all. But I think they also will feel the warmth that you have, and you know the work that you've done since Sam passed away has been so important, inspiring and incredible. And I cross paths with you because of the work that you've, you've done. How, and we're going to really talk and nail down into some of the, your, your kind of objectives, but first I'd like to start with like, how, how do you use something 
that is so bad within your life to do something good, to do something positive? How do you do that? Because at certain points, it's, it's, it certainly has felt like it was going to consume me. And I feel like there was a left or right in that. You know, how, how did you do that and go, I'm not gonna let this destroy me. I'm gonna actually use this terrible thing and do something good with it. Uh, it's, it's a, a heavy question. question. <laughs> it, is, it is because I don't know what the answer is for me. I didn't feel like I had much of a choice. Mm. Um, I never really chose to go into activism and, and mm. I'd never chose to. Like mm. even after Sam died, my plan was to still go to uni and then do engineering and then go to the army and mm. fly helicopters. That was still my plan. Um, and I sort of just fell into this you because- helicopters? I haven't, no. <laughs> Um, I've flown a plane thing. a few times. Um, I've well, actually, I actually crashed into the runway of um, Liverpool John Lennon Airport once, which is... Right, that's the that story. Was, so that was, uh, I think that was like, one of the last times I ever flew a plane. Uh, but um, I, yes, I mean, <laughs> maybe it's good that your mum was probably happy that you've uh, yeah. chosen a different path. Yeah, I just remember it was like one of my last lessons and I hadn't landed a plane yet. And I was just, they asked me in the air, they were like, have you landed before? And I was just like, yeah. And took, took over, hit the hit the tarmac so hard, oh, God. so hard, bounced back and anyway. Um, so that was still, that was still my <laughs> that plan. That was the end right? of that. Okay, that fine, was, yeah. but it was still my plan. And I guess for me, I just lost Sam. I was in this weird situation where I was at school. I was in year thirteen, so last year of school, um, and the school rightly said, mm. you know, we should have a memorial assembly um give everyone in the school closure because it was quite an intimate it's school it's also traumatic for everyone, everyone yeah. that knew him exactly know. so rightly they were like let's have a memorial assembly this was maybe three four weeks after he died i don't know how or why i did it but i said i'd speak and stood up and basically just laid all my emotions out on the table in front of the whole school it was the most bizarre moment and what happened when I left that stage and when I left that hall um, was every single message I got was from people that were saying, I'm really struggling, I need help. I had people telling me they had anorexia, I had people telling me they had anxiety, That's depression, hard though, isn't it? suicidal thoughts. And That's for hard. me, lots of different feelings came up. One of them was, oh my God, this is gonna happen again. Mm. And I remember saying to a friend, I was like, I won't survive doing this again. I'm, I can't do it again. Like, and really being scared that, mm -hmm. you know, someone that I was close to was, was going to go through it again and I just couldn't do that. Um, but also of this real feeling of injustice, of, you know, a 15-year-old boy has just been driven to a point where he didn't want to be alive anymore, in my mind at that time. And I just thought, how horrifically sad is it mm. that children, children that should be enjoying life and and in, in some of the happiest moments of their life, really don't want to be here to such an extent and to be suffering so much. And, um, and so I guess I, I really, on reflection of that, I was just like, something has to change. And so I decided with my friends to start a project called Walk to Talk. Um, and that was in 2018. Basically, I was about to do A-levels and my life at that time consisted of A-level revision or grief and trauma and I was like <laughs> I want something fun to do instead yeah so we designed this walk it was a big walk from our school in Mid Kent to London it was 200 kilometers over 10 days that's a proper stomp that is. it was a big old stomp that's and actually stomp. you know I, I like destroyed the ligaments in my foot one day and it was all a bit it was a big old challenge God. but yeah. we, we raised loads of money for Sam's charity Sam Rice Foundation we got loads of people 450 people walking with us from school, from our local community, and really just 
had these conversations or encouraged these conversations between friends, between family members that haven't had that conversation. Because I saw these people struggling and I was like, how amazing would it be if we gave you a forum and an environment where you could feel comfortable mm -hmm. talking? I mean, we're talking now. Like, this is why I love the concept of this podcast because walking, it just breaks down the barriers of having difficult conversations. And it's fascinating because so many people that have come on here have said that they have shared a lot more yeah. than they thought they'd be comfortable to share. And not in a negative way, but they, in the sense that they were like, wow, like you're walking, you're looking to the distance, you're, yeah. you feel safe, don't you? Oh, so I can only yeah. imagine, I mean, did, did you hear witness some of those conversations? Like, you know, the witness, I said they're watching that. Yeah. Have your conversation, guys. <laughs> but like, did you did you kind of get feedback from people saying, God, we actually yeah. had that difficult conversation. That walk, you know, really helped us. Oh yeah. Oh, so many, so many. We had families come on that hadn't talked to, to family members about it, that spoke about the first time. I had people, you know, talk to people, realize had something going on and get counseling for the first time. We had people um, talk about Sam and what happened there for the first time, really. Um, but actually, you know, I've spoken a lot about Walk to Talk over the last five years and about that first day and that first project. And I've never really elaborated much around it. But for me, it was just the most incredible experience because I was always quite lucky to have quite a supportive group of friends and quite a supportive community. But getting people out on a mental health walk, <laughs> raising money for a mental health charity, talking, about, talking to vulnerable for me, that made me feel incredibly safe and incredibly comforted um, in the worst year of my life. So actually, on reflection, it was like we helped a lot of people, but I'm sure no one came away um, as affected as I did from that. It was extraordinary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And it's interesting how I think true activism always will come out of a place or from a place of lack of intention. Yeah. So most people, I think, are true activists in any area it's because something has happened in your life because there's nothing like the fire from pain or grief or injustice to drive for change. Like the definition, I guess, of change is that enough people decide that the status quo isn't acceptable, yeah. that the, the current situation is so uncomfortable that we have to change to create comfort. That's what human beings yeah. do, right? So, yeah, when you have that initial walk, and you spoke to your teachers, what was the kind of next steps? When was the moment where you're like, right, I'm, I'm gonna, this is what I'm doing now, I'm gonna yeah. make change? Well, I think for me, it came out of 
anger. Um, and like you said, no one, I mean, <laughs> no one in their right mind would choose this as a job. You have to have, <laughs> you have, to have a reason. No one you in really their right You really wouldn't. <laughs> trust me. Right. Activism in politics. People say all the time, like, oh, he's looking me. for attention. I'm like, you have, you would not know. Well, first one. of all, you wouldn't choose what happened <laughs> no. to us. But you're also a sideline of that, honestly. Oh. It, it, it is, you, <laughs> you know, the pain of activism in politics, Awful. like hitting your head against the bloody brick wall <laughs> yeah. a million times. And oh, I'm not, I'm actually God. not taking bites out of any politicians and that it's just the no, process it's just exhausting the process the sheer exhaustion of creating change you wouldn't choose it oh, but hearing yeah. stories so why did you choose this well we know obviously the what anger what, yeah anger was the really main reason, um but. you know my brother had died i don't think he should have died i think you know he deserved to live a very successful life he was so talented it, it was incredibly sad to then see so many people struggling in my school and then to talk to teachers and they're like, we see this happening all the time. We see self-harm injuries. We still see crying in the classroom. We see all of it. And, I have, and they were like, we have no idea what to do. Like, I'd love to help, but I have no idea how to actually have a conversation with that child. So the easiest thing for me to do and the safest thing to do is to just ignore it yeah. and let someone else deal with it. And I just think, I just it had that conversation. It just played on my mind and it played on my mind. And I just thought about it and thought about it. I was like, how absolutely absurd is it that we send our children to a school when suicide is the most likely way they're going to die mm -hmm. and none of them are trained mm -hmm. at all in how mental health works how mm -hmm. suicide works how what to spot is? the signs what any of this is i just thought we are preparing them we're not preparing them to do their job teachers are there and they do play an incredibly important job in society to pre prepare everyone for adulthood and for life and if we're not preparing people for to deal with their mental health and giving teachers the responsibility and knowledge and tools to identify someone that's at risk and then put them onto the right conveyor belt of support we're, we're just we're making a massive mistake um, so really that's what started my advocacy work was this petition to make mental health first Ooh. aid part of teacher training because yeah. i just thought this is absurd they're trained in first aid and you have to have first aids in schools and you have to have first aid policies and all this safeguarding stuff because we know it can save lives and is really important. Why on earth are we neglecting mental health so massively in our schools when the most likely way a student in a classroom is going to die is suicide? And the thing is that's so cruel and unfair about the way things were is that uh, it doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't serve the teachers because they're stressed because oh, they're exactly. worried they don't know how to deal with it. The, the parents, for obvious reasons, the children are there, the person that's suffering, and the wider society, the impact on the yep. rest of society, which is, which is why, you know, that, again, that status quo, everyone looks around and goes, what the hell is going on? And I'm sure it's been exactly the same for you when you visited schools and so on. Yeah. There's no one in that circle of, um, that, the circle of effect, or whatever you want to call it, that, that no one around that kind of central point that we're talking about disagrees that there is a clear benefit to good education at school around uh, development of good mental health, how to look, you know, how to spot yeah. signs of struggling, and having frameworks of safety, including mental health first aid training for teachers to provide that protection. One of the things when I started the role as ambassador, one of the things that well, there was a kind of the handshake agreement of me joining was the 80 million towards mental health yep. support teams because they're being rolled across the country and it's supposed to integrate within the schools, but those are only effective only effective if you have teachers who can spot the signs yeah. of struggling which is why the mental health first aid is such a key component because if you can't see it and you don't know what to spot or, or what you're looking at how are you going to point them towards support uh, exactly how are you going to know where to exactly. point them and we're doing what we're doing there is is doing an injustice to students but also an injustice to teachers because 
you know, they, they, we do help them teach. And, and actually, you know, teachers are under more stress than ever. Teaching someone about mental health, it helps, it helps staff communities, it helps cultures and schools as well. But no, I think it's, it's just an absolute no-brainer. Um, and, and like you said, mental health, early support hubs and, and all of this, and the, the mental health teams. You know, I've got anecdotal evidence, and you speak to mental health leads in schools. When it works, it oh, is absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely. It is phenomenal. Well, it's, it isn't even anecdotal. I mean, the stuff that the, the data that we're seeing from even the intervention of the mental health support yeah. teams and the leads is that um, is that attendance improves, yeah. class behaviour is better, the mental health uh, and experience of the teachers is yeah. better because things like behaviour improve because obviously people, you know, the whole thing of like people behave bad, let's discipline them harder. Yeah. Children generally, <laughs> yeah. the behaviour generally tells you something isn't right. Yeah. Something's going on, either at home, or maybe it's the basic human needs, that Maslow's hierarchy of need, food, water, shelter, safety, comfort, whatever. It's something there. Is it at home? What is going on? Is it that they have something, like for me, yeah. you know, I was stuck in a classroom because of well, concentration, I had ADHD. Yeah. So actually if we'd have diagnosed me with that at that age rather than 32, perhaps <laughs> yeah. my school experience would have been less hellish. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's that, it's a, it's a weirdness that behaviour isn't necessarily linked to, oh, they're a naughty kid. Where are you at with, obviously, that petitioner started, you gathered yeah. so much support, people are really behind you, you can yeah. really feel that, and it's been fantastic watching your work, and you're, you're you know, huge, I've see, seen you literally in select committees fighting for change at <laughs> yeah. university, which we will we'll come on yeah. at, the, the, at that point. Where are you at with the, with the teachers at the first aid training, and, 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 and what's, what's the current situ? Teachers, um, oh, so I, I did a petition in 2018, it got 320,000 signatures, it was amazing just a couple, support, yeah. yeah, just a few, um, ended up in Downing Street, and really back then, uh, and I guess this is what's led me on the journey, back then I, I, my understanding of government and the way this all worked was, present an issue, present a solution, and then they get on deal with it. Good one. And, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I need to be it careful. It almost feels laughable now, <laughs> no, considering I've been in this five years, because it's like, that was my understanding, right? Yeah. And I guess so I came away from the Downing Street meeting being like, brilliant, Prime Minister's on board, mm. Boris has shaken the hand, he loves it, loves it. Yeah. Um, and sort of went, well, they're, they're, they're going to sort it. And obviously now, you know, I, I realise that's quite a naive way of looking at government. And actually, you know, they, they do deal with a this, lot of this, stuff. The right? system is a big part of this. It's very easy for people. And I would say this, right? Not because I, you know, at the end of the day, my loyalty is with the young people. And yeah. I, you know, even I'm very clear with every government person I work with, my Absolutely. loyalty will always start and end. I'm a volunteer because I don't want any. I don't take a penny from the government because right. I don't want yeah. ever to and go, well, you know, we employ your, I'm your boss. No, my yeah. boss is the kids and the young people, right? So, um, but I, what I've seen quite clearly, I'm sure you've seen as well, there's so much red tape. This Departments don't talk. The system is so archaic. So the problem okay. is, is the system, you know, you've got fundamentally, right? So, for example, with what, what you're trying to do, there, so the first aid, and also say, I'm trying to integrate stuff with, you know, the support hubs. People go, well, is it health or is it education? Yeah. Well, I think most people would go, well, it's obviously both. It's all of it. It's health, it's education, it's policing, it's, it's everything, because mental health transcends the entire society. But everyone goes, well, no, that's health. No, that's... Oh, but it's education. Education. Oh, it's no, health. no, that's... Well, health that's says true. education. That's, education that's attendance. Health. Yeah. attendance. improves attendance. Right, that's education. No, but it's an intervention, therefore it's health. It's, it's got to be health It's almost budget. like you're trying to persuade them to even listen to you because they're, they're batting it off to the other department. And rightly so, it's it, is, it is a health problem. The problem is, is a, problem. it's a system. I think that's what's a big yeah. call to have a group that will sit... Or a committee, because there are those select groups, but the, a committee that will... Or a group that will sit genuinely across yeah. the whole of the two. Because the yeah. thing is, the mental health minister belongs to... Health. health. 
Yeah. So if they feel that it's it's education or the budget or the pocket should be education, yeah. then how do you persuade otherwise? It's so difficult. And then also you're dealing with departmental budgets. Who's going to who's going to fund it? Is it educational health? It is a massive problem in this space. Um, so yeah, no, I th I th that was my understanding, and and since then, obviously, I've uh, realised that's not how it works. And going forward, obviously, past the next general election. I know we're both talking about teachers at the moment and, and trying to reignite that because there is this understanding in the teaching community and in the general population that we can do more to prepare teachers and we can do more to, to yeah. help teachers as well. Yeah. Um, and so certainly leading up to the general election, past general election, I re it really want to be a key, key, key focus. Well, I mean, you know, so one of the, obviously the, the early support hubs, which I bang on about, and you guys know that, <laughs> is one of the, <laughs> the biggest factors, but also I'm working on a project to try and get a parity in the workspace, which of course will include yes. schools, between mental health first aiding and, and physical first yep. aiding, because if you have over 250 staff, one in 50, I think it's one in 50. But anyway, the point is you have to have a certain number of first aiders, don't you, physical first aiders. Exactly. But then we know the number of people that die by suicide each other, each year yeah. have a, an equal amount in, in the mental health Absolutely. space. Absolutely, it's so important. Right, well, ice let's pick time. up in part three. We're gonna have an ice cream, guys. <laughs> you guys take a break. If you're part of the uh, Behind the Stomp Cost community, you can listen to all these episodes, one after the other, including BTS and Dr. Alex's Diaries, where I talk about specific issues and things in, in my life and um, if not then you, these parts come out on a monday tuesday and a wednesday don't they producer charlie is that right did i get that right charlie they do, they do. And for a 4d experience go into the freezer and have an ice cream and in a 4d experience <laughs> go and have an ice cream anyway join us all in part three very soon we're going to have a magnum i don't know about you all right see you soon bye bye thank you so much for listening to this part of the Stompcast. if you're ready and want to listen to the next part right now head over to apple Podcasts and hit subscribe to behind the stomp otherwise we'll see you tomorrow